today's podcast, I want to talk about building a reputation as a coach, how to build a positive one, and some mistakes that some coaches may make that may hurt them in the future. Um, obviously, this is not something that I've perfected. I am not a very famous coach, and not that I get into strength and conditioning for fame or anything like that, um, and I don't even get into it so much for the money. I mean, there are much, much better things that you could be doing uh, to make money quickly. However, I do plan to do this my entire life as a career, and building a positive reputation is a is a great way to make sure that you can keep uh, people interested in your work and keep them coming in the door uh, for training. So first, I'd like to cover some methods that people with a good reputation in this field uh, have done. One way is simply relying on your athletic background and using that as a pedestal to stand on to help elevate your career. Not that this is necessarily a bad thing, I just don't think that it's very applicable uh, for someone like me. I didn't play much farther than college. I only played uh, a couple years of independent ball and I didn't get very far in that. So it's not like I really have a career that I could fall back on so much as I could fall back on the training I did in my career and I could talk a little bit about that and, and some of the, the steps that I took as a player in order to improve, but I really couldn't use that in terms of a reputation builder. Uh, one guy who has done an outstanding job promoting himself as a coach is Don Beebe. Um, He's based out of the Chicago area, and he's one of the best speed and sprinting coaches for athletes in in the area that I know of. And as an NFL star, he was known for being extremely fast, and he's made sure to corner that market really, really well. And um, But I don't think it's very applicable for someone like me or most coaches in, around uh, that, that didn't get to play in the NFL and you know, they didn't make it very big in their respective sport. Um, on the flip side of that, you have some coaches who have gotten very big over time because of the great work that they do, and then eventually they get um, you know a couple big stars that walk through their door and train with them. The examples in mind here are Eric Cressy and Kyle Body of of Driveline. You think about Cressy and Driveline, both two of the best baseball training facilities in the world, especially in the country, and they're top of the line in in their in their realm. Driveline is the best at research and data analysis. Cressy is the best at training and making sure that athletes are not only performing well but healthy while they perform well. I mean, they, 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 have, they have those markets nailed down. And they gained that reputation over a long time. Driveline and Cressy both were around for six, seven years before they started to get a lot of that, that popularity. And now, you know, that they've become more popular, they start to get the bigger name athletes like Trevor Bauer has started working with Driveline over the past few years. And uh, Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber have worked with uh, 
Eric Cressy, and now that they have uh, very big names, that certainly helps with their reputation building as well. Um, but that's also another thing that I don't know if it's extremely applicable for me, especially as a rookie strength coach. You're not going to get a big-time pro client to walk in your door and say, hey, I want to uh, I want to train with you in your little small piece-of-shit gym. Um, so that that is something that to take into consideration perhaps in the future I will have more of the big name clients whether I do or not I'm not too worried about so much as being the caliber of strength coach that pro athletes would want to work with that's what I'm more focused on at this point so I've covered two ways that the famous coaches have built up their reputation um now, for me, in, in my circumstances, I understand that I am not yet at the, the point where I could take that next big leap and get a pro client or, or big time, big time all-star coming into my door and wanting to train with me. But I do have some clients who are making big time progress. And one thing that I've made sure to do is highlight the ones that are making huge gains. Um, you know, for their respective age groups, they're all doing really, really well, and I want to make sure that that's known via social media. I think doing social media right is probably the biggest, the probably the biggest weapon in my arsenal for building a positive reputation. It's probably more it's certainly more uh, more of a thing now than it was five or ten years ago everybody's on Instagram everybody's on Twitter they look at the crazy stuff that I do in training and that you know starts to stir up some interest in why I'm doing it and what you know what is it beneficial for and then you start to see the radar gun the numbers start to shoot up and up and up and then you're like wow like this training that Bill Miller is doing is really it's really cool and and over time that starts to show up in gaining a better reputation and of course the goal there is gaining more clients um, but at the same time social media can become a huge trap if you're not careful you can wind up scrolling through Instagram or Twitter feed for 25 30 minutes and just waste time you could also wind up with a lot of nonsense you know bs uh, posts just selfies or look how much weight i can lift and not to say that you can never post stuff like that i post you know a pr of that i'll get on the squat or the deadlift um, whenever it happens but it can't be an everyday thing I'm not on social media to show off my body or to show off how strong I am, how good looking I am. I could care two shits about that. I don't care at all. But, like, I, I see it far too often when, you know, a good coach, someone who does have some knowledge, winds up posting nonsense material. So I'm not going to tune into his page anymore. I'm not going to follow him as much or her as much 
because they don't post interesting content. So what I've made sure to do over the past year is plan out my content for the week and for the month and make sure that whatever it's going to be is going to be something that is interesting, something that is engaging, where it'll it'll start conversations or it'll be knowledgeable enough to where to where it's something that people are going to have interest. And that's the bottom line is get people interested in your work via social media and it's it should work out well for you in the long run. Another thing that can really be a big help for your reputation is just general word of mouth and this is something I've noticed just in the past three months since I, I, I've really started to try and branch out and get more clients. Um, the one thing that I've noticed is everyone has something good to say about my training and not just because I'm asking them to say something nice or asking them to give feedback, but people are saying things like, you know, th- that there is a humbleness and a fun atmosphere and an atmosphere that helps cultivate results because it's competitive and fun and people when they show up to work out it's not just going through the motions it's something that you're striving to be better than you were yesterday striving to be better than you were last week and that type of environment is something that gets people talking Um, so certainly create an environment that is fun and energetic but also create something that is competitive as well. No kid's going to want to train by themselves if they can train with their friends or train with their teammates. People that are in similar in a similar background than them athletically and you know somebody that they can compete against and say, "Oh shit, like this kid just threw 90. Well, I'm going to try and throw 90." Stuff like that is really really where training can take off for you. I think as a coach, it can certainly make its way around by word of mouth as well. Um, Especially this time of year, you get a lot of kids who are going back and training with their team every day for practice. And they're like, damn, you're 15 pounds bigger and you're throwing 10 miles per hour harder than you were in the fall. Like, where, what, what did you do? What are you taking? And stuff like that. And then they'll say, no, I'm training with Bill Miller. I'm doing this and this for my training. My deadlift increased this much. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff that we do that really works well. So allow that word of mouth to be, allow that word of mouth to happen and be positive for you. If you go through the motions as a, as a coach, you don't, have proper progressions written up and in mind for your athletes and you're just kind of winging it day by day as a coach or you're not really showing them the care that they deserve bad word of mouth is going to go around and you're going to start to say yeah like this coach he sucks like he's in it only for the money I was paying him 40 bucks a session and my kid didn't increase any velocity stuff like that's going to happen over time and then bad word of mouth is going to go around and you're, you're setting yourself up to fail long term if you're not taking the time to truly care for the athletes and make sure that they're going to progress long term. 
Lastly, you want to make sure that your athletes are learning from you. It's not just that they go through the workouts and do everything that they're told, but they should be able to talk about what they're doing in the weight room with their parents, with their coaches, with their teammates, and say things like, yeah, we're, we're deadlifting this month and, and we're going to try and progress and get stronger through doing this and this, and my deadlift should increase by 20 pounds by the end of the month because of it. They should be able to explain what they're doing in their training, why they're doing it, and why it's going to work because they're learning it from you as the coach in the first place. And that's something I try to get across even if they're not really that interested in the training portion themselves, they should at least have a basic understanding of why they're doing what they're doing, why this is going to work for them, and why they're going to improve. And if they're not seeing improvements, then you should be able to have an honest conversation and explain to them why they're, they're struggling to see the same improvements as other athletes around them. And it, it doesn't have to be this top secret information as to why you're doing these certain exercises versus another. The, the, the athletes should be informed and they should want to learn because I feel like the more that they want to learn, the more they're going to want to talk about it with other people. And just like the last example I was using about positive word of mouth, this can really be a, a, of a big help for you in terms of gaining a reputation as a strength coach. Uh, that's all I got for today. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, I will be on a podcast tomorrow. We'll be recording it. I'm not sure when it's going to be released. So I might not have a podcast personally for you guys tomorrow, but I will be on with James Westhorpe from Victoria, Australia. And I hope that that podcast can be out sometime within the next couple days. Tune in and see you later.